Our tefillahs obviously are with those that need Rufur Shalema after the bombings, bomb, bombings today. You know, the Rabbani Shalom does something. Everyone, he has everybody in mind. That means the calculation and exact precision of the Cheshman of every single thing in the world, Bashkocha Protis. As we've said so many times, especially, we've mentioned the idea and the Ali Gabal Shemtov, that when he was sitting with the Talmidim, and he saw a leaf come down and fall onto a few blades of grass. The Ali Gabal Shemtov said to the Talmidim, that at the end of the day, you have to realize that from the time of the creation of the world, the Rabbani Shalom specifically put into the creation of the world, that this leaf should fall at this time, and fall on those blades of grass at this exact moment. And that's how we live our lives, that everything happens specifically at an exact time, and... Everything's in calculation, which means that when the Rabbani Shalom made the Gzairah of today's bombings, it was with us in mind as well that we would be affected, that we would have some feeling. And although in some way life has to go on and we have to move on and we have to continue, but in some way it also shouldn't. That we should also have in mind those that need tefillahs, and there's many of them that do need tefillahs. And it's obviously that the Rabbani Shalom did something to shake us up and think about something. We, just to move on and not think about it and talk about it in the political sense of how it happened and why it happened and how could it happen, it's not going to help anyone. But rather spend maybe a few moments understanding why the Rabbi Shalom gave us specific, specifically this wake-up call this morning in our lives. What can we do? Rather than what can we not do and what can we discuss just to waste time and endlessly talk about things that are not Nagaya and won't help anybody. Rather make an effect by helping something, by helping ourselves, which ultimately helps the world and helps those that need help as well. I want to discuss today, Be'ez HaShem, the limit of Torah that we do today should be before Shalema to those people that need it around the world. I want to discuss Alacha, which is a very Negei Alacha. It's Alacha, which is something which is a little bit unknown, but it's Alacha, which is Negei, and it's Alacha that we have to talk about. It's a Negei to what we said yesterday, and that is going into the Sugya. And this is the last year we're going to be discussing on Malabin which is cleaning and the process of the cleaning of clothing, is the last idea when a person cleans something, is he folds it up. That's what people do. And the shayla is, when you fold something on Shabbos, what's the issa? What is the problem with folding something on Shabbos, Kodesh? Anybody can give me an idea? What's the issa of folding something on Shabbos? Huh? Keeping it from creasing, which is a problem of? Preparing for after Shabbos. That's nice. Hachana, that could be. What happens if I need it on Shabbos? What if I need it on Shabbos? Still a problem, right? No, preparing for later of Shabbos, that would be okay. Hachonah for that Shabbos. Hachonah for next Shabbos could be different, right, Asha? So what's the problem with folding on Shabbos? Again, forget about preparing. It's not a problem preparing. I need it for, I need it for Mincha. What's the problem? Ben, any ideas? Well, here we have, Rabbi Isai, a simple halacha. Right? You look at this, I'm telling you this, I'm reading this one inside. I don't like normally reading inside, but just because you guys are not going to believe me. Shin Beisif Gimel. Mekaplin Kainim B'Shabbat. Sigur Mishnah. L'Tsoyrech Shabbat. L'Lob Shem Boi Bayoim. You're only allowed to fold clothing. Kainim in the Shulchan Aruch. And the Gemara obviously refers to clothing. If you're going to wear them on that day. V'davka Ba'odom Echot. With one person. If you're missing any term, it's Asa. Asa to fold. What's the Issa? Anybody? Hello? Psaqid Shulchanach is also do something and we have no idea why. It's not the first time. There's many of them, right? No, Rabbi Sai. Anybody? Oh! Gavaldi. Makib Beautiful. 
What's Makibapatish? Makibapatish is referred to as the final hammer blow of an item that you're finishing something off. You're completing it. Zog the Beisayseb over here, Bishem Kamer Bishonim, the cold boy and others, that when I fold something on Shabbos, what am I doing? I'm folding it on the creases, keeping it, like you said, from creasing, which is stopping it from getting ruined, which is keeping the original form, Makib a massive Chiddush. Because Makib a normally is, if you look at all the examples in the Gemara, there's 16 of them, when you finish an item, the final finishing touch of the item, like the last screw on the stander, or the last painting on, on, on the glass clear, whatever it may be that you're doing, when you finish it off, that's Makibapatish. Where do we find Makibapatish by something which is already completed? Right? They talk about it by opening the pocket, but you know, with the, the stitches in your pocket, right? Sometimes when you buy a suit, or you buy a jacket, it's stitched up the pocket, and you rip it open, that's obviously Makibapatish. Why? Because now I could use it. Or for example, if you have a band-aid, and it's attached to another one, by ripping it off and detaching it from the other one, that would be a problem of Makibapatish, because now I'm making it usable. Or for example, if you have a toothpick that is stuck, they have these, um, something like in the middle of a fork, or a knife, you ever saw that? Where you can, you can actually pull out a mini toothpick from there. Or for example, if the fork became bent, and you cannot use it, or the spoon became bent, and you bend it back into shape, Mogadavom says that before, in Shani Gimel, that Avada, that's called the Makibapatish. These are all cases of Makibapatish, so I'm finishing it off, is really with me? Gavaldi. Over here we have a Chiddush, and that is, I have an item that's fully finished, Mokhala, and I'm folding it, and when I fold it, now I make it, you know, not creased, but it's still usable when it was usable, but according to the Gemara and Shulchan Aruch, unless you have all the conditions, it is going to be awesome. Comes along the cold boy in the base Yosef, right, which is the Tesha Shabbos, and the Chaim, and the Namadcha, and the Buki Yosef, and the Yad Yosef, and the Shulchan, and others as well. And they say that nowadays it's not Nagaya. Why is it not Nagaya? The Shemesh also, by the way. Right, from Morocco. It also has the same idea, the same spot. It's not Nagaya. Why is it not Nagaya? Because, Aaron Dov, very simple. In the days of Chazal, when they folded something, it was professional. It was done in the proper way. Right, Yuri? It was done properly. They used to take a press, and they stuck it in. I don't know if anybody remembers this. Um, but I remember this. When I was growing up, they had these trouser, these pants press, in that people used to have in the room. You ever saw that? You saw it? Nothing? No. In, really? They used to press it, it was like a machine, you put the pants inside and you pressed it the whole night, and it kept it good. Anybody saw this? We were born after 9-11. <laughs> I hear. Fine, good. Okay, fine. There was such a thing. Zog the Beis of Beshemish brings a he brings a cold boy. In the days of Chazal, that's what cool pressing was, that was folding. Now it's folding. Zevi, what's folding? You take a talus and you fold it. No, that's not cool folding, in fact. Rabbi Tzabarkut Shlita told me that he asked Rabbi Yashiv exactly this Shaila if you're allowed to fold a talus after davening okay Rabbi so you heard it here first big Chiddush Rabbi Tzabarkut told me that he asked Rabbi Yashiv Rabbi Yashiv told me he wants to matter all folding on Shabbos he says it's not Negea nowadays that's not the folding Chazal we're talking about and the Meira there's a Mokim to be Mekel there's a huge Mokim to be Mekel in folding however however that being said if you look, for example, Mufurish in the Eulish Shabbos, the Menorah Torah, the Kitzur Shulchanar, the Ben Ishchai, Chacham Ovadi, and the Chavadat, has a huge tshuva on this, right? Shevet Alevi, Rav is a big tshuva, and Chedekei Simulam Advov as well, Rav Falken Machzeliod, Oznidbru, and others. Oh, but the minig is to be machme, and there is definitely what to say that the minig is to be machme. So, according to that, if you don't have the five conditions, which are 
All of them you need. Tzorik Shabbos, one person, Beged Chodosh, white, and no other choice, because ain't no lehachid, you can't switch it with anything else. If you haven't got all of those five conditions, which is very unlikely that you will, according to many, the minig is to be machmed, that we do not fold in something specific that you will um, notice the difference if you don't fold it because it will become creased. However, there is, says the Shulchan Aruch, a type of folding that's for Shomota, and that is if you fold it not on its original folds, not on the original creases, like upside down, right, inside out, whatever, something like that. So over here the Mishnah says, that you can actually be makel in this case. Now, as I pass from the Rabbi, the Matcha, that good to the preacher, that he rabbi the Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Chai Odom, Tveres Yisrael, or Chashuchan, Tveres Shabbat, Ben Yishchai, and others as well, that they hold that there's no problem as long as you're folding not on the original creases, then it is okay without any problem whatsoever, without the Shaila of Hachana. Obviously, achana could be a problem over there, but pashtas, there would be no achana anyway, because I'm folding not on the creases. So, for example, if you want to take the minigah oilam and fold the talus not on the creases, you fold it on the opposite side of the creases, or you fold it stum. You fold something stum. Without, if you do that in that case, it's okay. The Mishnah by the way, says that if a person who wants to be machmeh and not fold anything, but on Shabbos, vaday odif, loshen of the heilige chobetz chaims chosen yugunalaini, vaday Odif, vaday better, lashon of the article probably. Vaday odif means it's for sure better not to fold bichlal. As always, the lashon of the Mishnah Bura, which is also lashon of the Tosfos Shabbos and the Machzor Shekhar, the Shunoch, Shmir Shabbos also say vaday odif not to do that whatsoever. However, um, something that doesn't have creases is mutter. So, for example, if you take a blanket. And you want to fold a blanket on Shabbos Kodesh, right? Or let's say you have a thick sweater, and you want to fold that on Shabbos. There are no creases on a sweater. And therefore, to fold something that has no pre-existing creases is mutter, according to everyone. Because there are no creases, bechlal, and therefore you're not folding it on the original creases. Something with natural creases that you don't do an act of folding. For example, let's say you take your pants, okay, and you want to put them on the back of a chair. Right, in the night, when you go to sleep, so in the morning, they're not going to get you on to slump them down. But you sort of put them on the back of the chair. Now, most pants, suit pants for sure, have natural creases. That it almost, it almost goes on itself. You know, you don't have to do it. I'm not talking about when you turn it upside down and you hold it on the creases and you put it nicely over the hanger. I'm talking about a case where you slump it over a stand, you slump it over a chair or something like that, and it naturally goes onto the creases. That is mutter. That is not a shiloh whatsoever of folding, because it goes automatically on the cre- creases. And therefore, there is no problem with that. And the same thing would be that if I hold, if I hang it on a hook, and on the hook it naturally goes to its creases, then that would not be a problem whatsoever. The same would be putting on a hanger. I'm allowed to hang something on a hanger on Shabbos, even though the it stays nice and straight. It stays geschmack. Put the back on the hanger. It's geschmack. It stays till Shabbos morning. Nice thing. There's no problem with that because I'm not the doing an act of folding on the creases specifically, even though it naturally will, you know, fall on its own creases in that case. So they asked the kasha to Ravazna, are you allowed to fold a paper on Shabbos? It's very negaya. You're learning on Shabbos Kodesh and you see Azach Chiddush. Wow, what a chiddush. I'm going to forget this by Motor Shabbos. I need to write this down in my chiddush Torah book. What am I going to do? Can I fold over the piece of paper of the sefer on Shabbos Kodesh or not? <laughs> so Rabbi Yosef says, absolutely not. Why not? Makib Apatish. What's Makib Apatish? Now, if I can't, maybe. Ever here, because you're ruining the sefer. Bishlam, by the case of a, a clothing, you're making it the way it should be. You're putting it back to its original thing. Over here, if I can't, it's a nice sefer. I'm folding it over. Make a bookmark. Is it is making a bookmark. You're breaking the letters now. I hope the I hope the letters will not crack. You know when you fold it over. I mean, a mezuzah maybe. You know a clap, whatever. But 
What's that? No, generally, if you do it a few times, maybe, like backwards or forwards, but one fold over is not going to do anything to the letter. If it will, by the way, then obviously that will be a problem. If the lettering is cracking or there's very dry ink, I hear. But most forum nowadays, I'm not going to have that. I'm not going to do that. What's that? Wow, wow, wow. Very nice. No. Um, what, what could it be? So, Talmud Torah. Aaron says it's Talmud Torah. No, Talmud Torah, Ganeget Kulam. Right? Ah, Gavaldi. So the Maestro, they asked Ravazna the Kasha, and Ravazna Paskin that it's absolutely no problem whatsoever. It's mutter to fold a safer over when you want to change, the, you know, to do that once, and no problem whatsoever over there. So they asked Ravazna, what about Binyan? What about Baina? That's what Moshe the Kasha. And Ramosha said there is no problem. Debit Sinov also in Ben Moshe's of the Zalbazar. Chachamavadia also brings it down. Yalki Yosef also says there's no problem with doing that. What's over? Ah, the Olim's going to ask, what's with? <laughs> what's with? Hello. Baby wife, we always have to ask, but why specifically now? No, Rabbi said, what's with? Hello. What's with Achona? We've been paying for half the Shabbos Kodesh. What's the answer? Me? Tully, what are you saying? It's Achona or Nisht? Come on. Zev, where are you? Wow, wow. So I will tell you one thing. When it comes to Achona, by the way, Ruvain, this is very good. You've got to listen to this. This is Gavaldic. When it comes to Achona, right, there's a Gemara in Beitzah. The Gemara says, Beitzah should not be Yontif. What happens if an egg is born on Yontif? What Shaykh is Achona? So the Gemara says, Kofar of Kli. You take a Kli, and you put it over the egg to make sure that it doesn't smash, right? That it doesn't break, so you can have it after. So I affect everyone on their cousins. What's going to be with Dachona? With Dachona. You're doing an onion too. So you obviously can't have an onion too, because basically it should not be onion for smoke. So this everyone knows. So I want to have it after the onion So I'm going to put a clee over it so that it doesn't break, so I can enjoy it after the onion Menachem asked the kasha. What's with Dachona? How are you allowed to do that? So the answer everybody asks, and this is very simple, and that is, hachonu is not a problem if you're preventing something from getting damaged. How do I know that? How do I know that? Because I'm allowed to put ice cream in the freezer after I finish with it. Ah, hachonu, because I'm doing it for during the week. No, because I'm doing it so it doesn't get ruined. Or something similar to that. Chicken at the end of the meal, I'm allowed to put it in the fridge. Why? Because I'm doing it so it doesn't get ruined. When made it is safer, I'm doing it because I don't want to lose the Kiddush Torah. So therefore, there's no problem over there. But boys, let's just finish off. Let's just finish off. Straightening a hat. Okay, what happens if the hat becomes smashed? Right, if you wear a regular hat on Shabbos Kodesh, are you allowed? Not one of those. Those don't get crushed in so nicely. You know? What happens? So the answer is, the Maisa, the post can say, especially if you could use it in that way, there's no problem with re-straightening it, reforming it. There are some posts in Chacham Bantena Bashaul in Olatzion. He brings down that if it's smashed that you cannot wear it, then it's problematic. But most posts can hold that there is no problem by both sides. Straightening out one second, Machala, one second. And therefore, there should be no problem. We're doing that as I passed with Moshe, with Shleim Zalman, with and others as well. They talk about a plastic cup. If a plastic cup becomes smashed, I'm allowed to like open it up and re de straighten it. Is that mutter or not? That is 100% mutter. There is no problem whatsoever. If you have a shramel and you might say you came out after the rain and uh, you want to put it back in the box, very nagay, right? 
back inside the box. Are you allowed to put it inside the box to make sure that the crown, you have to twist it, that's after it's in. And I'm talking about just to put it in, are you allowed or you're not allowed to do that? So the post can say there is no problem whatsoever to do that, even though you are reshaping sometimes the hairs on the top, that will be okay without any problem whatsoever. If a page becomes bent in a safer, you're also allowed to re-straighten that, there's not a problem. And Mr. Shemabai said tomorrow, brand new aloha, have a wonderful day.